using Bigfoot. Say. The world of stamp collecting doesn't seem like a world of intrigue and crime, a place where people end up dead in a car and maimed. But some people think that's exactly what happened to Massachusetts man James Arlington Cassidy. Stamp collecting did him wrong. Find out more. In I'm one ready. second. I'm due now. I'm ready, baby. Dude. Excuse us, dude. So, hello and hello welcome to Dude No, the almost Thanksgiving version. Oh yeah, it is yeah. almost Thanksgiving. Holy crap! Yeah, all right. We better go buy a turkey. <laughs> we already have enough turkeys in this house, buddy, buddy. But I only eat one. And we have a turkey already. We got it from Lorelei. All right, ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, so stamp collecting has been a hobby since 1840, which is when the first prepaid stamp, Penny Black, was issued. That's a sexy stamp name. I know, man. Penny Black. I know. And (laughs) it's still considered one of the world's most popular hobbies. It's, quote, the hobby of kings. I don't know why they call it that. I was going to say I think because it's like, um... Only rich people could afford to buy stamps back then. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and maybe, like, the good ones cost so much effing money that, like, only the Elon Musks and kings and squeaky chairs of the world can, like, pay afford for them. Right, yes. yeah, right? So anyways, yeah, but... Despite that name, its devotees include laborers and kings and artists and children and random landscape artists like our friend Barry Moore and my Nana Morse, right? I guess so, if you say so. Yeah. And (laughs) when my Nana died, I inherited a box of her stamps, which I'm ashamed to say was in our garage of our other house, stored on a wooden shelf full of spiderwebs until Shawnee brought it over and I learned that each stamp is basically worth less than they were. <laughs> Face value. Yeah. Um, so, but anyways, famous stamp collectors include Queen Elizabeth before she died, Amelia Earhart, Charlie Chapman, obviously all of these people before they died. I was gonna say, it's not, <laughs> stamp collecting is a dangerous hobby, apparently. Oh no, I snort laughed. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that's it. And Rihanna dead. Franklin Roosevelt dead. <laughs> Dr. Sally Ryan is Simon Weisenthal, right? Yeah. And my Nana, Rena Philbrick Morris, also. Also dead. Also dead. So, no, sorry, Nana. Maybe um, it's the glue on the back. I don't know. It's poison. Man, I don't know. But anyway, stamp collecting is a place of little rules. It's kind of like the Wild West of hobbies, which is not what you think about when you think about my great na- my Nana. But. Um, it's also cool in that it doesn't really require a lot of equipment or accessories. You don't need a helmet. You don't need <laughs> you don't need special <laughs> shoes to collect your stamps. You just need a love and interest for stamps, right? And a lot of the times, and this is why my Nana was so into it and always spent a lot of time with it with me, is because stamps lead to learning. 
each stamp is almost like a little tiny treasure hunt of design. What does this symbol mean? Who created this like stamp? What country is it from? What time is it from? It's like a hobby of questions, right? Yeah. And collectors, they use tongs, which is one of the few accessories. Sometimes they soak the stamps off the envelope remnants, so it almost becomes an art just in getting the stamp, right? Yeah. And collectors might focus on what that stamp features or where it's from, or because they're obviously like shaped really weird and there are clubs for stamp collectors. People collect them in journals. There are how-to books and periodicals and again clubs. Not strip clubs, stamp <laughs> clubs. And you would think that you're less likely to get jacked at a stamp club, but who knows? That's what this story is about, right? Yeah. Alright, so sometimes people get really excited about stamps. So excited that they could potentially commit murder. Really? Maybe. Well, some stamps are valuable, regardless yeah. of the fact that our, none of the thousands of ours are worth any. <laughs> Half a penny. Um, but it might, that, that stamp collecting murder thing might be more about greed than about love of stamps, because stamps are expensive, some of them, right? I would think so. And there are even stamps about murders. Back in 1993. Really? Yeah, the New York Times had an article all about this Presbyterian minister, Charles Fitz, who collected dozens of stamps and envelopes from around the world that bear on murders, including assassinations and crimes of passion and genocide and war, which he included in his definition of murder. And all of the items were mounted in viewing frames and described. Wow. Ah, those Presbyterians. (laughs) (laughs) I can say that because I used to be one. Apparently, Mr. Fitz had some random ancestor who saw John Wilkes Booth after that actor murdered President Abraham Lincoln and that ancestor and Mr. Fitz got obsessed about murders because of that. And his obsession twisted into stamp collecting. Huh. Right? So. Well, he definitely uh, kind of specialized in the particular kind of yeah, right. stamp yeah. slash envelope. Yeah. So obsession and stamps and murder might not be as uncommon as I would normally think. Or maybe you too, right? Right. As a blog entry by Daniel Arpin on the stamp Echo reads, For many, collecting stamps is an interesting and creative hobby. History records, however, that a passion for stamps has overcome certain individuals' reason and self-control, as passions often do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. One notable example is the stunning murder of Gaston Leroux in Paris, France, back in 1892. Mr. Gaston Leroux was a well-off man living in an apartment in the capital of his country, France. He had built quite a valuable collection of stamps, and it proved to be too tempting for one of his friends. In 1892, police were called to his apartment where they found him dead, murdered by an intruder, it seemed. The problem was they couldn't find anything missing. Luckily, one of the detectives was a philatelist. Philatelist. Yeah. Stamp collector. (laughs) And upon (laughs) observing that the dead man had a sizable collection, he took a closer look. He realized that LaRue had owned a two-cent Hawaiian missionary of 1851, a very rare and valuable stamp, and it was missing. 
the motive began to take shape. Upon investigating Mr. LaRue's friends and associates, police came in contact with Hector Giraud, who also had a collection, and in his possession was... A two-cent Hawaiian missionary stamp, by chance? By chance, yes! And Giraud broke down during questioning and confessed his crime. He had just wanted the stamp so badly. He was trialed, found guilty, and hanged. He lost his life for a stamp. Wow, that's yeah. crazy, but... Is child a word? Or tried? I don't know. He's I child. like child. That's awesome. All right. So the blogger <laughs> continues to say, only 15 copies of this stamp are thought to exist and a copy of an unused two-cent Hawaiian missionary sold in 1996 for 660000 That's 660000 for us, for those of us. <laughs> It's a lot of zeros, man, and a lot of sixes. It's not like a lot of money, right? Yeah, especially in 1996. I know. So it seems super far-fetched, but the thieves didn't take gold coins. They didn't take a diamond-studded watch. The thief took a two-cent Hawaiian missionary, which sounds like a cheap date or a porn, actually, title. Um... Hey, it's a two-cent Hawaiian missionary. It does. It definitely <laughs> I was going to say that earlier. Let's but. do the two-cent Hawaiian missionary. Like, it's like, oh, it sounds like a position. And the police officer knew that from comparing the stamps, that, like, just by looking at the inventory versus, like, what was there, right? So it was pretty cool. Yes. Printed with a really obvious to recognize, easy to recognize, blue letter print, letterpress pattern. The Hawaiian missionary stamp was the first stamp in Hawaii back in 1851. It is not a sexy stamp. And why is it called the missionary stamp? It's not, again, sexy. It's because back then, almost everyone sending mail from the Hawaii to the U.S. was a missionary, hell-bent on converting the people of Hawaii to Christianity. And the stamp became so famous and fun that it was in charade. A 1963 movie featuring Audrey Hepburn and Cary Grant, my faves. And it's a fake um, two-cent Hawaiian missionary, which didn't really exist, that they use in the movie. But whatever, it still counts. Yeah, that stamp's probably worth money, too, just because it was in the movie, if it still exists. Yeah. Um, so, coming a little bit closer to home, now that we understand stamps, right? Yeah. This murder, or this death, began with an anonymous phone call with the wrong information. Really? And by this murder or this death or this whatever, we mean how James Arlington Cassidy's body was found on a remote dirt road in Maine. And it ended with a whole lot of unresolved questions. Really? Yes. So according to Downey's magazine, Quote, a mysterious call came into the Penobscot County Sheriff's Office on April 7th, 1976. The anonymous caller said he'd seen a burned out station wagon on a forest road in Washington County, and the car had a corpse inside. When asked for his name, the man abruptly hung up. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so the caller had a lot of information wrong, but they were also right. There was a car with a corpse in it on a road in down east Maine, just not in Washington Oh, County. was it? No, because that can be a little bit, you know, confusing where the counties oh, are. Oh, well, sure, there. yeah. Because there's just a lot of woods and hunting camps and so fishing it, places. Was it in Penobscot? Well, we'll find out. So, 
It began with a phone call, this story, an anonymous tip to that Penobscot County Sheriff's Office. And those anonymous tips happen a lot. Tips that lead to nothing. Pranks about death, the refrigerator's running. But back in 1976, police found an anonymous tip actually did pay off. Especially after the Bangor Daily News ran a piece asking the anonymous caller to call back with better information. Really? Yeah. That's how they did it back back before (laughs) Facebook, huh? There was no Facebook then. They're like, hey, newspaper, can you, you know? And they're like, yeah, you give me a tip later on, sure. So according to Downey's magazine, the caller reached out again. And this time, his tip led police to a spot 100 yards off a lonely stretch of Route 9 known as the Airline Road. Ah, it must have been really desolate back in 76. I know, man. And that's where they found James Cassidy. Right? Yeah. So the plates on the car were from out of state, but not too far out of state. It was from New England. It was Massachusetts. But the body inside, the police had to use dental records to identify the 43-year-old occupant. And they'd been looking for him because James, the stamp collector, was a wanted man. He was? Yes. Did he originally steal the stamp? Um, no. He'd know. been sighted in the big southern main city of Portland. He'd been sighted in the city of Bangor, which was a lot closer to where his body was found. But why was this guy from Massachusetts all the way up in northern Maine on a dirt road? Right. And why, here's the problem and why I couldn't answer your question. Because in some of the reports, he was in a town called Amherst. And in some of the reports, he was in a town called Aurora. Really? And so the initial news report was wrong, but they're like, really 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 close to yeah. small towns that begin with the letter a and they're both like on the airline road so it's easy to get confused reporters aren't perfect and when we're talking small we mean really small in 1970 the population was 148 and it grew to 203 by 1980 in 2010 it was all the way up to 265 people living in this town which one um well i don't know oh <laughs> No, you do. That's no, it's Amherst. Amherst. I know. I'm just teasing. Aurora is even smaller than Amherst with 72 residents in 1970 and 114 by 2010. It was named for a town in New Hampshire right next to where I grew up. But um, Amherst was. But Aurora was named for the Roman goddess of Dawn, which is much more romantic <laughs> than the town next to Bedford, New Hampshire. <laughs> to be fair, Eastern Maine is... Um, where most people in the U.S. greet the dawn, right? Because in the continental U.S., it's the most eastern part. Right. Yeah. So we see the sunrise. And Amherst is not actually in Penobscot County, but it's in Hancock County, oh. where we live. And it's poised on the east-west two-lane highway, and we call it a highway in quotes, called Route 9, or the Airline Road. And it's a small, small town. As we just said, the main encyclopedia calls it, quote, a web of dirt roads leads into the hinterland where several streams, the west branch of the Union River, and a half dozen small ponds attract fishermen, hunters, and vacationers. It's really lovely up there, actually. It is. Yeah. And these places are not where most people go to die, or even go to at all, especially if you're an outer state banker slash stamp collector, right? Yeah. It's a land of blueberry barrens and landscapes roughed out by glaciers that created deltas and sand, and even creating the the plains and the whales back, which is an esker that's a channel for a branch of the Union River. That was was a wave on my head. Holy moly. 
Well, that's I think I've not canoed true. down the whales back though, maybe. What's an esker? It's like a, it's a sort of geographic formation that yeah. kind of goes in like this, and then like it's a, the the actual stones and the surrounding. Make I can't give you the exact. So the river would more or less probably flow through that formation. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Yeah. So, um, so the life of a bank executive seems pretty cushy to most of us, and like when you think, oh, this dead guy's life, like he was a bank executive, you're like, oh, it's gotta be cushy, right? Um, so he was an executive at the Brookline Trust Bank in Massachusetts. And we know that. That's a fact, right? Yeah. And we know that one day he drove all the way up to Maine in his green 1971 Chrysler station wagon. And we know that he somehow, and his car, ended up on Route 9 in Aurora or Amherst. Ooh, Amherst. <laughs> and he turned onto a, 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 a woodsy road. But somehow the Chrysler station wagon caught fire there. And we know that James' body was found inside that car burnt. Right? I know why. He, how do you know why already? Because he was a younger guy, successful in his career. And he made the mistake of buying not only a green car, but a station wagon. And he wasn't getting any play. <laughs> oh, my so, God. <laughs> oh, my God. We he, apologize he just to killed himself. descendants. All right. So he could have, Shawnee, poured gas all over his car, climbed inside, lit it all on fire with a match or a lighter. But it's kind of a messy way to kill yourself. Sure as hell is. Unless you don't want it to look like a and suicide. Painful. But if you don't want it to look like a suicide, it's a better way to do it than, like, other ways people kill themselves in cars, right? right? Um, Maybe he wanted it to look like a murder. Hmm. So, who knows? An avid stamp collector who once owned a business about stamps, James didn't seem like a guy who'd run off and be found dead in a car in a remote forest in Maine. But he probably didn't seem like an embezzler either. Was he an embezzler? Well, let's find out. An old news story posted by Northeast Historic Film in Bucksport tells the tale of James Arlington Cassidy um, from the LBZ news station in Maine, right? And it's yeah. Don Car- Carrigan, who's a famous oh, I've heard that reporter. Name yeah, he was like big time. White people watched him for decades in Maine. And he, like, all the newscasters and the people are wearing plaid jackets and wide lapels <laughs> in the clip. And everyone in the clip has a porn stash worthy of old adult videos. And a toast in the clip, you can see this tow service carrying out this burnt out car with a tarp over it from the scene. And they take the car to Orono, Maine. And the trees are bare and the world is barren. And it's just like this devastatingly sad looking clip right yeah and so the state police say that they inspected expected the investigation to be a long one and it has been because it's been like 50 40 years whatever 1976 is to 2022 yeah that's like 46 years that's math but anyways (laughs) one of the things that they thought it could be was a suicide that like went wrong you know and for james cassidy who had an indictment against him You'd think that was a possibility. And some people are like, well, most people die in carbon monoxide poisoning. And sometimes that leads to a car fire, right? Right. But that possibility was taken out of the picture when the police officers found an empty gas container close to his car. So it definitely uh, wasn't carbon monoxide poisoning that ignited the car. And that made them think, oh, wow, this definitely wasn't a suicide. It's a homicide. 
And James, as we know, was just past 40 when he died here. And yeah, he had been a bank executive at Brookline Trust Company Bank. But when that anonymous call came into the Penobscot County Sheriff's Department, the FBI's Boston Bureau had just put out a warrant for James and the charge was embezzling. And he embezzled, allegedly, about $20,000 from his bank where he worked. Was that so he could buy a stamp? I don't know. Oh, but many that's think- not a lot of money. So investigators from Maine and Massachusetts worked together to find out exactly like where he went, how he got there, but they still couldn't figure it out. Um, and it's really easy to get lost in the details of his of James Arlington Cassidy III's demise. But this guy was a real person. He had a mom, Alice Alexandra Woods, who had died like, you know, a few years, a decade before. He had a dad who outlived him by 12 years. He had a brother, Ken, who died when he was just five. These two older brothers, Arthur and David, and he was married to a woman named Alice Simpson. Um, And she's dead now, too, but her her gravestone doesn't even have her birth year, so it's hard to find out stuff about her. And know it's true, you know, because there's more than one. Right. Um, And when you look for James on Ancestry sites, an interesting link comes up as a shared note on Cassidy's.ca, which reads, James Arlington worked for a trust company in Brooklyn, Mass. He drove a cab at night and was an avid stamp collector. So that doesn't seem as cushy as you'd imagine. Right. For like, you know, and it goes on to say the events surrounding James Arlington's death are not clear. But what is known is as follows. James left for a weekend for on the weekend for Maine. He was found on the following Thursday outside Bangor, Maine, burned in his car. He took a small package of valuable stamps, perhaps, with him. And it is suspected that he was murdered over the contents. Japanese persons were implicated. What? I know, right? <laughs> so, like, there's two pieces of in that little thing that aren't in any of the other accounts. But since that website was run by his family the police might have told them more right right um but we definitely know he was found on that weekend he went to maine for the weekend found on the following thursday you know like those are like the things that we know right mm-hmm. and we know all of a sudden like that he drove a cab at night as well as working at the bank so money might have been an issue for some reason right we know he was like the box that there was a box that he took with him to Maine now, yeah. right? Like, and it's like, wait, what? And somehow someone on the family genealogy website thought that he didn't kill himself because of what the FBI warrant and embezzling stuff, but that he was murdered because of whatever was in that package. Oh. And then you're also like, whoa, was he being blackmailed? Like, was this guy in money tight issues and driving yeah. the cab and embezzling because he was afraid of something bad happening. Do you know what I mean? I do. So it's really weird. So as Downey's Magazine writes, quote, according to Cassidy's cousin Peter, who maintains that website devoted to the family genealogy, James Cassidy was an avid stamp collector and family lore has it that at the time of his murder, Cassidy was in possession of a small package of what may have been valuable stamps. Some in the family have speculated that he was murdered over that package's contents, but even the origins of that theory, says Peter, his cousin, have been lost to history. Huh. And like, you know, for me, stamps don't seem to be sexy enough to murder about. But like, I don't think anything's ever sexy enough to murder about. It's all about the money, honey. Yeah. Like, so, um, it's just so weird. And there's one stamp 
in the British Guinea one cent magenta that's yeah. sold for nine point four million dollars by Sotheby's, Sotheby's in twenty fourteen, and it was this octagonal stamp with black ink on a red background. Yeah. And um, the postmaster signed every single one. Totally. More. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it has the their their motto: "We give and expect in return." And it's like the Mona Lisa of stamps, right? I guess so. And that's kind of a sexy stamp. And there's also the one cent Ben Franklin, which was created in 1868, and it's like blue ink on a white stamp, and it has these itty bitty Z shaped indents all throughout the paper. And there's only two copies that we know of in the whole world, and one copy sold in 20, I'm sorry, 2005 for 2.97 million, and and also some other stamps. Wow. So, we don't have one of those? No. My Nana, you looked my nana those, didn't. <laughs> you looked through all those stamps. No, I haven't looked through them all, but I'm pretty sure my Nana would have noticed. Uh, <laughs> so what if James embezzled the funds to buy a stamp like that, right? Like a stamp that the seller knew was worth a lot, but not quite how much. And like, could they money launder that? Would it be enough to murder a man about, you know, enough to lure him up to Maine to resell it and then kill him? Maybe. Maybe if you're greedy. And who knows? People are still selling stamps. One collector who started coincidentally in 1976, the same day um, year that James died, had his stamps stolen from a rental car in Florida. In 2018, according to NBC News, quote, a manager at a New Orleans post office is accused of swiping nearly $630,000 worth of stamps in order to fund a gambling excursion. What? Yeah. Well, those are probably regular stamps I know, he was selling on the side for I know, a cheaper rate. They're not even cool stamps. Um, so, like, you know, maybe the family's theory wasn't so far-fetched. And here is where we're going to go diverge into the land of who knows. All right, so the Colombo crime family yeah. is the youngest of five mafia crime families in the 1900s. And the current head back then was Andrew Russo, Benjamin Castellazzo, and Ralphie Di Matteo is the underboss right yeah but that crime family began way back in the 1920s it was part of the new york's five families with i'm gonna butcher every italian name here but it began with giuseppe profaco i know that's oh giuseppe aka joe an immigrant from sicily who was in trouble with the law as a youth and had a um was in a sicilian prison for theft and when he got out in the u.s he headed to chicago and then new york and those crime families in the 1920s ran really wildly without a ton of structure. Like, think a gang of Italian guys, well-connected in their mother country and doing pretty okay, right? Yeah. And then they come over here, Joe gets some territory when another go- boss gets murdered, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And they, like, become loan sharks and they made books and they dabbled in prostitution and traffic narcotics and a big mafia war broke out in 1930 and joe decided to keep a low profile the waging the two bosses that were warring both get killed and after the war the five families are born thanks to charles lucky luciano who also created a commission for disputes and then each family boss had a seat on the commission is amazing right and joe wasn't all about the crime he was also the olive oil king thanks to a kick butt import company and his community loved and trusted him and he ended up making so much money he bought a house that was once owned by teddy roosevelt 
but things went sour as mafia things and apparently stamp collecting often do. And there was a bit of a feud that began in 1959 and Joe died, not from a gun or a deal gone wrong or FBI raid, but from cancer. And after his death, a couple other bosses plotted to kill some other family heads using the skills of Joe Colombo. And they get caught and Colombo becomes the new boss and then he's the first mafia boss born in the U.S. That's a lot of mafia backstory, right? Sure is. And he did what no mafia man had done before him. He joined a civil rights league dedicated to stopping discrimination against <laughs> Italians. And he led, held rallies and he was part of protests and massive crowds appeared and Frank Sinatra was even at a Madison Square Garden benefit. And then everything went bad again. Because another Joe, Crazy Joe Gallo, got out of jail and was determined to kill Joe Colombo. And on June 28th, 1971, Colombo has this other huge rally, right? And it's in Columbus Circle, and it's this massive demonstration. 50,000 people are there, right? Holy crap. News crews, everybody's there. And Joe, Crazy Joe's like, this is going to be the day, and this is going to be the time. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to be really famous. Um, And so he... Columbo's like, yeah, I'm at the rally. And this guy, Jerome Johnson, walks towards him disguised as a cameraman. Johnson pulls out a gun and shoots Columbo in the head, right? Wow. Johnson is shot and killed on sight. The cameras catch everything. Police find, like, Johnson to be acting as, like, they're like, oh, he's a lone gunman. Yeah, he's a lone gunman. But everybody in the mafia knew that Crazy Joe hired that hit. Mm. And um, it so... Crazy Joe, um, Joe Colombo takes like seven years to die. Wow. Seven years. He's in this like half comatose state. And, um, Crazy Joe's like, I'm the head of the family now. But the commission's like, yeah, we don't think so. (laughs) Um, so Ralph Francis DeLeo was a hundred percent involved in stuff. Like he was in prison since 2009. He was a soldier from 2000 in the, in the family. On. He was incarcerated in Lexington, Kentucky since 2009. He worked hard in the Boston area, Arkansas, Connecticut, and Rhode Island. But when he first began working, it was in the 1960s, and it was with the Patriarch family. And he was all about the stick-up, right? The Columbia, the ColomboMafia.com site writes that he was arrested in 1968 for three different stick-ups, an Orbit department store robbery, a 1966 South Shore Randolph Branch Bank robbery, and a San Juan Puerto Rico supermarket robbery. And like, so he gets like out on bail. He like goes out, he like holds up a bank in Cambridge, which is near Brooklyn or Brookline, right? Where our friend James is from, right? Yeah. Um, and he gets arrested for that too. He's just like, doesn't like, prison he escapes he like tries to plan an escape for prison he overpowers a guard at a hospital he like just is not into it right yeah he takes a guard hostage um and this is all really far from the world um he escapes through the parking lot where he jump starts a late model car which he apparently had been left for him by an accomplice according Mm. to the website he used a screwdriver start the car he was able to evade police across the city um, and after he took the security guard hostage, obviously he took his gun and then he drops him off at Franklin Park. Well, he didn't kill him. No. Um, so he was also 
questioned about the possible involvement of two friends in a 1976 slaying in Maine. James A. Cassidy, 43, was a banker from Brooklyn, Mass, disappeared on April 4th, 1976, with, according to this website, $350,000 in valuable stamps. Hmm. And you're like, where did that come from? Yeah, where did that come from? Exactly. So he lived in Brookline and operated a stamp and coin collection business in the Chestnut Hill section on Newton, Mass, in his free time. Cassidy was also accused of stealing a million dollars from the bank that he worked at. That's lower than twenty thousand. And that's not 000. the amount that we have in all the other reports. So you're like, wait a minute, huh? And though, according to this website, despite DeLeo's cooperation, nobody was ever charged with Cassidy's murder. So they believe this stick 'em up artist DeLeo, yeah, had two friends who killed Cassidy. Um, right. Huh. Yeah, but they have no proof, apparently, because their facts don't jive with the newspaper facts, right. unless the newspaper facts are wrong. Maybe the bank didn't want everybody to know how that money was actually embezzled out and just said, yeah, it was just 20 That 000. can be true, yes. You know, because mm -hmm. that would make people really worried and upset, right? And Jan Janice Garland, on a Facebook group called Maine Cold Case Alliance, left a message on the group's post about James. Allegedly, Janice was back in the area then, right? And she wrote, I remember this. I lived in Amherst at the time, and on the night of April 4th was headed to Orono, and the road was rather, rather slippery, so I pulled into the turnout at the Amherst-Clifton town line, which is a very accurate thing, contemplating whether to chance the roads or turn around and go back home. I decided to turn around. While going back up the hill, I noticed t fresh tire tracks in the snow, going up the old road on the left and wondered why anybody would be going there at that time of year. After hearing about what had happened, I was spooked and realized there were no footprints coming out of that road. Whoever killed Mr. Cassidy probably walked back to the highway following tire tracks or hadn't killed them yet. Huh. Yeah. Well, that doesn't add anything to the story, really. Well, it does in a certain... see tire tracks in the snow. Well, no, but it, it's either they were smart enough to... Either James did it himself, right. right? Or they were smart enough to not walk in the snow and just walk in the tire tracks. But God, anybody do that because you don't want to get your feet wet. <laughs> it depends on how deep the snow is, but yes. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um... But it's interesting. It is. So I appreciate Janice's comment on that cold case alliance. Well, you know, if you were okay. if you were in Amherst around the time that happened, you are going to have some memory yeah, of yeah. the event. Of, oh and, my gosh! I mean, if you, it was the talk of the town probably for years. So. Oh, I bet it's wild. It's just not something that. So they don't happen. have crap on this case, huh? Not really, no. That's it's a amazing. cold case. And anyone with information about it is asked to contact the Maine State Police Major Crimes Unit North at 207-973-3750. Or we'll also have a link um, in the podcast notes where you can leave tips. Cool. Yeah. What do you think? What do I think? Yeah. I think that from now on, instead of being like, hey, baby, how about a quickie? I was like, hey, baby, how about a two-cent Hawaiian missionary? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I honestly think stamp collecting is probably pretty interesting. I think it is. My like coins, too. Your nana was into it. Yeah. Just as a side note. Yeah. 
Carrie inherited thousands, probably, of stamps. And each and every one of them is carefully curated and packed inside of empty Marlboro cigarette boxes. Which makes no sense because my Nana hated smoking. It's but they a do bigger pack mystery. In the box. I know, but it's a bigger <laughs> mystery than like James Cassidy's death. Like, where did my uptight Nana? Where did she get all of the cigarette? Maybe she had a secret habit nobody knew about. No, no, you don't understand the judgment that came out of my Nana. I could see it though. Standing in the bathroom window of her house when nobody was around. You could never smell it, though. Blowing out the window. She would give me lectures about how I had to get my mom to stop smoking. Maybe she got them all from your mom. Nope, they're not the right kind of cigarettes. My mom um, smoked Marlboro 100s with a filter. Oh, well, these are just Marlboro Reds. Yeah, they're yeah. totally a tougher cigarette than my mama. <laughs> they're a man cigarette, is all I'm saying. <laughs> That's so weird. Well, that's an interesting case, my love. I know. I want it to be solved. You want it to be solved? Well, whoever did the killing is probably dead by now. I still want it to be solved. I don't know how it could be. If if they did do a killing. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I don't know why he would burn up his valuable stamps with himself. If they were really there. If they were even there, correct. Who knows? Maybe... Maybe he just went to Maine to kill himself. <laughs> Maybe he was just upset. Maybe he couldn't handle it anymore. I don't know. It's very interesting. But man, that's a harsh freaking way to kill yourself. Yeah, I know. That's why Good it doesn't Lord. seem likely. Unless he wanted his wife to get an insurance policy and have it look like murder versus suicide. I guess, maybe. But, whew. Nobody delved into that. I don't, not enough in the resources that I found, but maybe one of our listeners can find more and tell us and then we could update the story. That'd be fantastic. That'd be amazing. Heck yeah. All right. Well, you all stay safe. Have a happy Thanksgiving if you celebrate it. Yeah, and collect collect a lot of things. Collect a lot of, Just don't hoard stuff. Don't hoard that. Bad collect idea. them neatly. Make sure that they're expensive stamps that will eventually make you wealthy. Hell yeah. And then put them in random cigarette boxes. <laughs> it's all good. Hey, thank you for listening to Dude No. Please be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And tell all your friends what a goofy couple has this podcast and how good it is to listen to. Be kind. Be kind. Be kind. Yes. Thank you.